You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. I'm Teresa Curley. And we're broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thanks for joining us today. We just got scolded by my mother. And probably by my mom, too, if she was here. She's listening. So, so yeah. We're in, the, we're in the Mustard Seed today broadcasting from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thanks for joining us and listening. Mom is now waiting to scold me again. <laughs> If she stays on too long, we'll have to put her on the air. So That's right. That's right. So we've had a great discussion the first half. If you've missed any of it, we talked about dating in the 21st century and then Rosary Coast to Coast. If you've missed any of it, our podcast will be up later today or tomorrow morning. I always give the podcast people a little extra time to be nice. <laughs> so <laughs> Eli says Tuesday. <laughs> but you can find our podcast of Real Presence Live posted um on any platform that you use or at realpresenceradio.com. So moving right along, we're excited to have Father Matt Miller from the Diocese of Duluth on. Good morning, Father. Good morning. How are you two doing? Good. How are you? I could not be better. We just, in the Diocese of Duluth, we just had our annual clergy conference, so a great time of fraternity to be with our brother priests to be refreshed, which we need that in the church in this day and age, so we were very grateful to be able to meet for these past few days here. Beautiful. Yeah, our our clergy days just got over, too, here in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, so what a perfect time. Yeah, it was wonderful. Wonderful. So tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, Father Matt. Yeah, my name is Father Matt Miller. I originally hail from Pinkley, Minnesota. People in Minnesota know that well as the halfway point on I-35, right between the Twin Cities and Duluth. Um, but people live there, too, believe it or not, and so that's where I grew up. Um, <laughs> over there in Hinkley, too, is a cradle Catholic there. And then eventually, after the Lord got over my own stubbornness, I finally <laughs> decided to enter a seminary. I went to St. John Vianney Catholic Seminary uh, down at the University of St. Thomas. I graduated from there in 2016. And then graduated from the Pontifical North American College in Rome in 2020, was ordained uh, June 26, 2020, in the interim time where we didn't actually have a bishop at that time. As many may remember, Bishop Serva had tragically passed away of a heart condition. And so Bishop Andrew Cousins gratefully ordained me from Beautiful. the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. Yeah, a great role model for me, too. I spent my first year of priesthood at the cathedral in Duluth from 2020 to 2021. And then this past summer, I was moved to be the associate in Brainerd, Minnesota, which is a oh wow, really beautiful Catholic area. I know, yeah, you sign up, yeah, I'm you jealous. Never know where God's going to lead you. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful area, great Catholic area too, with a lot of life. So, um, yeah, miss Duluth for sure, but I'm more than grateful to be here. Just got here in the middle of July and able to help here at the parishes, the two parishes, St. Francis and All Saints, here in the Brainerd Baxter area. And then helping out at the Catholic school, just actually just get, getting done teaching religion to some eighth graders, too. So Beautiful. that gives me a lot of life. They keep me young. So more than happy to be here in Brainerd and serve the people of God here. Yeah, it's a beautiful area. We used to vacation up at Gull Lake. 
Yeah, lots of people do. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Too. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. Well, uh, we had you on talking about last week. We discussed the sacrament of baptism, and today we want to talk about the sacrament of penance. So, when we say penance, what does that mean? Yeah, it's really good that you guys talked about baptism first because what the baptism or the sacrament of baptism initially does is it forgives sin. I mean, where mm-hmm. I mean, most of the time that we are infants when we receive that, and so we're incapable of sinning, but the mark of original sin is still there. Mm-hmm. But were you to have an adult to receive baptism, you know, or they're 30 or 40 or something years old, um, a lot of people may not know that they don't actually have to go to the sacrament of confession um, if they haven't been baptized before, because what baptism does mm-hmm. at that moment um, forgive sins. I know of this uh, couple in our own parish, um, they're married, and she was baptized and grew up Catholic, but he wasn't baptized, and he eventually became Catholic, and she was like, wait, he doesn't have to go to confession, and, and well, that's not fair. I've had to do that my whole <laughs> life, but, um, but just yeah, just the way that the sacrament works is that yeah, it forgives sins. But the beautiful thing about let's say you have an adult who eventually becomes Catholic in the middle of their life, they receive baptism, which forgives sins. Um, but it, when you become Catholic, God doesn't forcibly make you follow His will. Like He doesn't take away our freedom to be able to follow Him. That's how much He loves us, that He actually gives us our freedom. So we can still choose, after the moment of our baptism, to be able to go against what God wants. Mm-hmm. Um, but He loves us so much that He doesn't, um, doesn't give us a remedy when we, when we do fail to do His will. And so we have the sacrament of confession, which obtains pardon for sins and reconciles not only us to God, um, but only with the Church. It's the sacrament where sin is, very, very simply, it's the sacrament where sin is forgiven, um, and we are able to be reconciled both with God and with the Church, very simply, is what that sacrament is, which is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Well, and I think this is a divisive uh, sacrament in the Catholic Church that a lot of people are just like, you know, I just don't really feel it. I'm not into confession. I don't want to go. I don't think it's appropriate, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the where it started, where it stemmed from. Let's talk about the scriptural basis for sa- uh, the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Yeah, which is a great place to start, I think, because uh, a lot of questions, one of the questions that you get is, well, why do I have to go to somebody else? Why do I have to mm-hmm. go to somebody else for the Sacrament of Confession? And so we have to trace the line back and ask ourselves, okay, does God have intermediaries intermediaries, or people to be able to help um, with the forgiveness of sins? Is that something that we just made up as the Church, or is that something that God is asking us to do? And if we go back to the Old Testament, if we go back to the Levitical priesthood um, in the time, you know, just after Moses and Aaron and things like that, we find out that God has always asked people to be able to be liaisons or intermediaries for God's forgiveness. So we have, in Leviticus, we have the Day of Atonement where Levitical priests would um, sort of have one goat for his own family, one for the sins of the rest of the Jewish people. And they had to put their hands on the goat and sort of transfer the sins over, and they would go into the desert. Uh, and that was just sort of a, kind of a, for the time being, it wasn't the sacrament, the way that God wanted the sacrament to look for us, but for the time being, that's how God uh, instituted it as an intermediary. Um, and then what happens in the New Testament is that in John 20, uh, after Jesus um, or is resurrected, he comes back to his apostles and says these key words to the apostles, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive any the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So he's giving that authority to his apostles. Jesus himself has the power, but he hands his authority to do that to his apostles, and that continues to this day 2,000 years later. 
Wow. Well, and that brings me an interesting question. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Father, I am known for random questions, so you just get ready. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so it also says any sins that you retain can be retained. Have Have you ever heard of instances where they were you taught in seminary that there are instances where you do not um, for, forgive the sins, do not cleanse? You know, uh, what's the word? I'm, absolve. Absolve the sins. Absolve. Of yeah. That's a good question, too. So there's a couple times. Um, there's two circumstances that I can think of. One is there's a sort of a more kind of a... The Catholic Church holds some sins which are a bit more severe, that the remedy for that has to be a bit more expansive. Something very serious like the desecration of the Eucharist or actually uh, attacking the Holy Father is one that, that gets in there wow. that you actually need to appeal to the Holy See. There's a few other ones, but that the Holy Seal appeals that, not that they hold forgiveness back, but just that forgiveness has a few more steps to be able to appeal the realm um, for those sorts of things, too. So there are some sense of retaining, but not that you're holding back forgiveness. The other situation, which is a bit um, not common, but a bit more kind of near to us, is if somebody's not actually sorry for their sins. It's actually, we'll get into that later, but um, contrition for one's sins, it's one thing to do this, and it's one thing to, it's another thing to feel bad for that. So if somebody's not actually sorry for their sins, um, can actually forgive somebody who doesn't want to be forgiven, essentially. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're just tuning in, we are talking uh, with Father Matt Miller from the Diocese of Duluth, and we're talking about reconciliation, kind of the origins of where it came from, Mm -hmm. and kind of uh, the roots of it. So talk a little bit more about you know, the scriptural roots of it and how it might have looked at the very beginning. Yeah, so at the beginning, it um, kind of an interesting thing what necessarily happened was that it doesn't quite look the way that it did today in the early church, where it's a very, very simple form that we have now where you go into a priest one-on-one you say the forgiveness of sins, uh, or you say your sins to a priest, he absolves you from your sins, and then you leave forgiven. Um, that wasn't necessarily the way that it always looked right away, um, but what it started out as is sort of more of a kind of a more public thing with the Church, but the Church found it advantageous to, I think in the, 70, in the 700s or so, to make it a one-on-one way the sacrament actually looked. So we have, I think it was Irish monks for the first time in the 700s that set the form for the way that confession always looks. It's not that the Church wasn't forgiving people before that, but the way that that looked developed in the Church. The sacrament always existed, but the one-on-one nature that it looks now, which is both good just for the privacy of the penitents and just the sense of the seal of confession, which is not an animal, um, mm-hmm. but is like the the, the, uh, the the assurance that the faith will have that what they say in confession won't be repeated elsewhere. Those sorts of things exist now as a safeguard for the sacrament to really allow people to know that it's really God who's forgiving them and that the priest isn't going to go saying anything he's heard, and every priest takes that very seriously, too. But that sort of thing developed, and uh, it's looked about that way since the 700s, so about 1,300 years, the way that the sacrament has looked has been like that. That's amazing. Well, yeah. Father Matt, we're going to take a quick break, and we have plenty more questions for you if you want to stick with us <laughs> through uh, the break. Look forward <laughs> to it, yeah. Okay. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. More with Father Matt Miller and breaking down the sacrament of penance on Real Presence Live. We'll be right back in just a minute. 
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. I'm Teresa Curley. And we're broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thanks for joining us for Real Presence Live. It's a beautiful Friday morning. We've got Father Matt Miller from the Diocese of Duluth on the line. We're talking about the Sacrament of Penance, the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And I was just kind of blown away about, uh, we started with the roots of what the sacrament looked like um, back when it first started. And so I, I found that very interesting. So let's move on to the next portion of questioning as far as sin. Okay, let's unwrap sin a little bit. In the Catholic Church, uh, we believe in venial and mortal sins. Can we talk about that a little bit, Father? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. I think first there's the question of sin in general. Well, what is, what is sin? Um, you get a very technical definition, something like it's an offense against Reason, truth, and conscience, as the Catechism points out, failure to love God and neighbor, as our Lord commands us to do. Um, Father Mike Schmitz, priest of our diocese, whose name precedes him, uh, has this great definition, which I love, which is, um, sin is saying to God, God, I know what you want me to do, but I don't care. I would rather do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great way to recognize that sin is not necessarily feeling bad ourselves. We hope that it does. We hope that our conscience is formed and that sin actually makes us feel bad. But even if it doesn't, it's also important to recognize that sin is primarily an offense against God himself. And so the way that 
we can sort of differentiate between like, well, is every sin sort of the same category? Well, no. And, um, and the scripture even refers that there's a distinction between sin that is grave uh, and not grave. We have in the first letter of St. John, he talks about um, that there is sin which isn't mortal, which we would call venial sin or not serious, mortal just simply meaning deadly. And so he even makes a distinction there in scripture that while there is sin that is deadly, um, there's not that not every sin is necessarily deadly. I kind of look at it in a societal understanding. I mean, there's a difference between, you know, I don't know, like stealing $5,000 from a bank to failing to pay a friend back $10, right? There's a distinction there that one of these is going to get you in prison if they catch you. Um, and another one has no reason for any sort of remedy by nature of the civil authority to get in at all. And that just allows for just a really clean understanding of um, what offenses are serious and which ones aren't. The sin has that in the same way, or same way, where there's venial sin, which by nature of the fact that we're not perfect, um, we do unfortunately fall. We're weak human beings, and that just necessarily happens. But we pray that we won't, we don't fall gravely. And if we do fall gravely or mortally, whatever you want to, whatever word you want to use, the remedy for that would be to um, have recourse to the sacrament of confession. So. Um, what the Church gives is three conditions of what is a grave sin. One, it has to be grave, or, or mortal sin. It has to be grave. It has to be serious matter. Um, has to, you have to have full knowledge that you're doing it, because you cannot accidentally sin. You have to know that something is wrong, uh, and you have to have full consent that somebody can't be forcing your will to sin. You actually have to freely choose it. And if those three, three conditions are there, then we have what's called a grave sin or a mortal sin. So the question that is coming to my mind is how... Um do we know the difference between venial, venial and mortal? Like, where did we come up with, how do we know? Um, is there, because there isn't a, a black and white, mm. is there? Right, yeah. <laughs> well, there, it, is a, it is a morally complex world that we do live in. And so, it's a good question, um, because it's, uh, if, I, if I were asked that question, it, it, the way I would respond is depending on somebody who's asking. Um, you could have somebody just make a hypothetical person that just wants to know if what they're doing is, hey, uh, you know, hey, Father, I, I want to continue doing this thing. Is this is this that bad? Um, so if you're asking, if you have somebody who's just trying to get away with something, <laughs> the way I'd answer that is just asking, like, okay, just in general to look at it before you go into the distinctions of gravity. Um, is doing more of this. Uh, Father Scott Trainer, a priest of your diocese, in fact, gave me this mm-hmm. distinction, which I love, is asking, is doing more of this going to make me a better person or not? Ooh. And if not, why am I doing it? Um, just to ask ourselves that. So that's a good distinction. But then to point out that, okay, the Church gives distinctions of what is grave based on Scripture, based on what our Lord tells us. Um, not that we necessarily need to go into, but you go into an examination of conscience, and they're going to have that distinction well. And hopefully it's in accordance with our conscience that if we do sin gravely, that our Lord isn't going to hide that from us. Because um, somebody could be worried if you have another person who's worried, like, Father, is this thing that I did, is this grave, is this serious, I've been racking my brain, I don't know. And to that person, I would say, okay, well, we believe in a loving God who doesn't want to trick us um, mm. about whether we're in mortal sin or not. Like, he wants us to be able to know so we can have full awareness of that. He doesn't want to just kind of, like, make us out in la-la land and just wonder, like, shoot, it. Like, do, do I do this, do I not do this, do I need to go to confession, do I not? Um, something like that, I would be okay. Do you just have freedom of conscience? But the difference between those two people is that somebody who's trying to follow God 
um, God's going to be very clear with them that they're um, in a state of grave sin or not. Yeah, that makes sense. Total sense. So Mm -hmm. um, we might have some people out there who haven't been to confession in a really long time. And Mm -hmm. it feels uncomfortable. It feels awkward. Can you go through the steps of what a proper confession looks like or sounds like? And uh, what should be and shouldn't be included in your confession? Can you just walk us through what it, what to expect when you go to confession? Yeah, sure. So I think um, maybe I would say this too, especially if it's been like a really long time for somebody and they're comfortable with that too. Like even uh, a lot of people or a lot of websites will say times for confession and it'll also say in quotations and by appointment. Um, and using that end by appointment uh, opportunity is actually really good because it gives you a lot of time if you just have some questions and want to prepare. For me, like we have confessions on Monday, 45 minutes before Mass, and one time there's just there's 15 people out there. You just got to fly mm-hmm. through them. You know, you don't have as much time as you would like. But something like that is is good to just be able to um, sort of kind of ask priest questions. If you do have questions, the priest will be more than happy to help you. But very simply, you you go in there and you tell the priest how long it's been since your last confession. And then what you are required to confess is grave sins in kind and in number, you know. Um, so something like that is a good way to prepare yourself is just looking online. You can look up Catholic Examination of Conscience, and they have good ones for, like, mothers. They have um, really good ones that just go through just what is the sin, what isn't, if you just have no idea. Um, and then when you go through all of that, then the priest is, maybe going to give you some advice or something, um, and then it's going to be able to give you what's called the words of absolution. So the encouragement I would give is just to say, okay, um, ask yourself, what is it about confession that scares me, or just what are my apprehensions about it? And um, be able to just recognize, like, okay, um, what the Church says is that concert, like um, that you need to confess sins once a year, you know, which is, you know, it's a good standard, but I would say, like, okay, I think you can go more often, but to be able to say, like, okay, if it's been a really long time, um, at the very least to be able to just go have a conversation with the priest and just um, speak to him about your apprehensions is, is a really good place to start. But to realize that no priest is there to condemn you, no priest is mm-hmm. there to um, make you feel anxious or worried, but we are in the interest of being able to forgive you. From my own personal experience, when I get the when I get somebody who says, Father, it's been 30 years, I just just I just I get excited. I'm like, all right, finally somebody's coming home. And it's just I a beautiful it. thing to receive it, yeah. That's beautiful. Well, yeah. and from the perspective of a priest, um, yeah. if you have somebody that you know, what is that yeah. like for you? If somebody you know comes in for confession, <laughs> and then you see them regularly afterwards, what's uh, that like for you? Yeah. Yeah, I get. A, I imagine people are wondering, like, well, what's he going to think of me afterwards? Yes, um, yes. <laughs> um, to be honest, and uh, honestly, it's just, um, and, and I, I don't mean this pejoratively, but sin is so boring. I mean, really, it just, it just, um, it just ceases to amaze you. Um, but it, it just, uh, the mercy that is in confession that you're able to bring persons back, I, I don't look at anyone in... I generally just don't remember, first of all, because I've been able to hear in my 15, 16 months of heat priesthood probably over a thousand confessions at this point. So very, very rarely does anything stick out. Um, and if it does, it's always a recognition that, okay, well, this person I can continue to pray with and for. But I look at them as not somebody who's um, sinned, but somebody that wants to be redeemed from their sinfulness. 
Mm. And be able to see them as somebody who courageously wants to enter into the relationship with God is a really beautiful thing to recognize. Um, but it generally just doesn't happen. Um, and if it does, it's not going to stick out in any way, shape, or form. But the mercy of confession, which is the radical part of what the con- sacrament of confession is, is what sticks out in my mind personally. Hmm. That's, That's awesome. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Encouraging for all of us, Father. (laughs) Well, we only have a couple minutes left. Any last thoughts or encouragement, advice you'd give to those who are nervous about going to confession? Yeah, I would say, and I saw Father Mike Schmidt had a video on this, which I I loved, and he pointed out that um, this really good point that for people that say, like, why do you have to go to a priest for this? Um, He makes the point that in no denomination, uh, of Christianity at all, does anyone give them authority to baptize themselves? Where we always mm. see the nature of an intermediary to be able to administer the sacrament of baptism. Um, but then we, when we enter into confession, we say, okay, but I, I, I don't need an intermediary here. Um, and he just has a, has a point mm. of being honest with ourselves. Okay, so what is the reason we're not going to? Um, because there's clear evidence that our Lord is asking us to in Scripture. Um, so I think that was a really interesting point, too, but just to maybe ask answer the question, you know, can we go to God? You know, in some sense, of course, you know, we can go to God. We can always talk to God about our sinfulness, absolutely, but the Church asks us to go to confession, and that's for our benefit. Um, and the beautiful thing about the priesthood is um, we can go to God, absolutely, but uh, as was preached in my ordination homily, but the priesthood is the assurance that God comes to us, right? Um, and that's what the priesthood brings, is the ability to give the assurance of the forgiveness of sins if we do what God asks us to do. Um, which he's asking through the authority of the Church. And that's a beautiful thing, because um, we all want God to come to us, and the sacraments are that direct insurance that God, in a sense, touches us personally. And the way that the Eucharist isn't just this mystical reception of Christ, but it is a true presence of Jesus, you know, and a real physicality of it, too, in the same way that sacrament and forgiveness of sins is a true reception of the mercy in a really a tangible way with the person of the priest acting um, in the person of Christ. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Father Matt Miller, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing a little bit more about reconciliation. The Diocese of Duluth is lucky to have you. Uh, it's very kind of you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and we will uh, talk to you soon. All right. God bless, guys. God thank bless. you. Fascinating. Yeah. I love the I church. I always think I know everything. <laughs> I've been Catholic my whole life, and I always learn something new. Mm. So beautiful, beautiful. If you missed that interview, go to realpresenceradio.com. You'll be able to pull it up later today or tomorrow um, and listen to Father Matt Miller talk about reconciliation, where it came from, and, and how he perceives it. I've always wondered, as a new priest, if it's novel and exciting, and he said sin's boring. <laughs> so, good reminder. But the mercy of God is exciting. <laughs> That's right. So, Father Nick Nelson is up next. We're going to be talking about Mary, one of our favorite subjects. So, stay tuned. More Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Radio.